It is the 90s. I'm taking it back. Taking it back. That's my playlist. That is Genuine, My Pony. Uh, I feel like I'm on a radio show late at night and I am waiting on a Mexican to call in and dedicate an old 60s song to somebody in the military. Um, how are you guys doing today? I'm starting there to let you know that I'm only going further from there. So if you are sensitive, as they say in the hood, go somewhere else because we're not here for that bullshit. We're going in today. Um, I am back. What's up, Darren? What's good? What's good, New York? I can't stand him sometimes. You guys, he is. He got on his hoodie. Oh, he has his headphones on over his hoodie. <laughs> And it's very New York fashion. And y'all know how Darren is. Darren is everything is everything. Everything is everything. I hate y'all. I'm like a Lauryn Hill lyric. Yeah. (laughs) Before or after the trauma? (laughs) Both. (laughs) What'd you do this During. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Nothing. You didn't do anything this weekend? No. No. Nothing? You didn't celebrate the holiday? You didn't go to the beach like everybody else? I hate the beach. Yeah, New Yorkers. Yeah. Yeah, that beach is where y'all get robbed. Yeah, like and do know. gang scenes. Yeah, I mean the only beach we have. What, what is it? Uh, Coney, Jer- Island. Jer- Coney Island, Jersey. Jones. You know, Jersey. Yeah, Jones Beach, still a thing. I'm good on all that. Okay, he says, <laughs> "Fuck nature. <laughs> that shit is overrated." <laughs> I'm yeah. about this artificial life. I just need a pair of Tims and you know. Yeah, I know. A heartbeat. A Tim's and a heartbeat. Good. As long as there are no felonies attached to that, I'm good, too. You know what I, mean? I have had my experiences. We, weekend was great, everybody. Um, you know you can call in 310-986-6610. We are here. This is Truth Serum. This is our weekly episode of us going in and telling our truths and not giving a fuck what anybody else has to say about it. So either you roll with us or you get rolled over. Melvin is back. Hey. And I have a feeling he's going to be here a lot more. Um, We're going to be tackling these interviews and these uh, trending topics from a different point of view. I like Melvin because Melvin is, you know, he's happy. He's positive. He was in it. What were you going to name your album last week? Was it? Heart and soul. Heart and soul. Like the black magazine. Yeah, but the, and then we also talked about Untitled. Untitled, You yeah. know, like, was that D'Angelo's album? Yeah, I know Untitled. who that is. That yeah, was yeah. a D'Angelo we Got Naked. Week, and we all thought D'Angelo was tall. <laughs> <laughs> is he, wait, is he not tall? <laughs> wait, wait this not. is like a newsflash. He's not tall? Yeah, that was before everybody knew that D'Angelo was tall and was had been married to Angie Stone. Uh-huh, I remember and that. And then when all of that came out, it was like, nobody wanted to talk to D'Angelo <laughs> no more. Anymore. Wait, so how tall is he? Um, I think he's like 5'9". That's not short, but it's... Not to... I'm 5'10". Right, you so. agree. <laughs> I'm just... If, if you're like over taller than me, you're, you're tall. I'm 5'3". I'm 6'3". Are you 5'3"? I'm 5'3". I'm 6'2". Like 5'3 and a, and a quarter. You, that's Candace Thompson that you hear. Um, she's she's uh, in the house. And Candace is one of the female comics. I have the, I don't know why I got to say female comics. That sounds stupid. I sound like a dumb male host. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. I know. This is my deep voice. You had to clarify. This is a woman. No. But she's one of the uh, comedians that started uh, a little before me. She actually started before me. So one of the first few people I met in stand-up comedy 
that actually made me come back another day because yeah. I, you know, they were cool. Her, Joyelle. It makes me feel good. It's true. It's true. And we were like in, in uh, there was this venue that we did, Fado's. Fado's. And we would always look at each other like, why did we come back again? <laughs> we're masochists. <laughs> yes. The only explanation. And then somebody was like, because they ain't giving y'all bitches no stage time. Y'all got to go where y'all can go. And I was like, good point. I'm going up there performing for these six people. Two of them are gangbangers. And <laughs> one of them is running from was the Was one law. of them scruncho? <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Is this the place where Boo, Boo is? Or Boo used to uh, heckle you or whatever? No, no, no. That was the Hollywood Studio Bar and Grill. Oh, saying, I remember that, was, that place. You're saying that was terrible, too. Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. Fedono, it was, nobody would show up. It was actually a nice... It's a decent venue. Yeah, yeah. It had this, like, jazzy feel to it. It's just that... Uh, who was it? The host um, from I don't Detroit. What even was remember. Oh, he was married to Eve. Um, I'll, I'll remember. Married it. to Eve? Yeah, she was a comedian and she quit comedy, but now she's a motivational speaker, which is like the natural progression from somebody Hilarious. who struggles in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know what? They either become motivational speakers or they give their lives to the Lord. Or they become engineers. Praise uh, be. Who was that? Praise be. Praise be, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was so bad at comedy that you didn't even get the joke. Oh, you're oh Me. the engineer. Oh, <laughs> were you bad She's at like, comedy, or was comedy bad to you? I just I just didn't do it long enough. Oh, How okay. long did you try it? Uh, off and on, probably like twenty years. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. And you didn't do it. Uh, I hope you don't have any children, because with no. that attitude, <laughs> you're the worst parent on the planet. <laughs> I just, uh, I wasn't really into it. Uh, how old's your kid? Oh, uh, he's 27. <laughs> Where is he? He's at Rikers. <laughs> yeah, um, I at least know that about myself, not to have children. Well, you know what? I, I One of my favorite quotes in life, which is a really bad quote because I started taking it to the chest, is it is a gift to know your limitations. Mm-hmm. And... Um, People who know their limitations go far. Yeah. And then people who don't know their limitations make a fool out yeah, of themselves. It's delusional. Yeah. I know. They so. continue. Oh, we know so many. We're in entertainment. Sometimes I make comedy shows and I'm like, You've been doing this for 17 years? Huh? You know, I went on stage one time and I got a whole bunch of comedians mad at me because I said, Y'all know what the definition of insanity is. Doing this. Doing thing. the same thing again and expecting a different, different result. result. And y'all not going to make it. Yeah. And then Corey Holcomb was like, I, you need to give me that joke. <laughs> because they didn't, they weren't working on new material or doing Just the same some people don't, I don't, it's, you know, I hate to say that people don't have it, but I think some people don't have the desire to evolve yeah. and change. Like if you would have seen us when we first started doing comedy, you would, you and see us now, you, you'd see our evolution, yeah. our growth. And even still, we're babies in comedy. Like to people who are in our lives, because we do it every day, they think, oh, she's a professional comic. People that we know have been doing stand-up twice as long. Tiffany Haddish has been doing comedy twice as long as we Which is insane, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like when people, you you know, you have to evolve and you have to grow and you got to move. And I'm like in the middle of a growth spurt right now. I'm like trying to figure out, not figure out, but I'm, I'm evolving into my next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Which that's happens the part around. When I quit. That's the part where you quit. <laughs> but but I guess listening to that is, do you feel that there is an innate, you know, uh, 
is it some, you know, like your will, you know what I mean? That keeps you engaged, that keeps you going because you talk about desire, right? Right. A lot of people, especially like you're saying in the entertainment business, but in anything, I feel like the people that don't often make it are the ones that were like, I couldn't sustain, I didn't have the endurance, I didn't have the patience, right? So do you feel that some people, is it just innate, that sense of will that's like, you know what, I'm going to continue on this journey, I'm going to continue moving forward? You guys did. It has to be because I felt that way before. Have you? I felt like I don't want to do this anymore. This is not even Every day. (laughs) It's not fair. Still (laughs) today. It's a fight to get out of bed and be like, I got to fight again today. But but you do because neither one of us, even there are people I know, there's there's no point when you're like, I'm comfortable until yeah. you're like Kevin Hart famous. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, even who was I talking? Retta from uh, the black chick from uh, Parks and Rec. We yeah. all know Retta. She's been doing stand up for a minute now. And it's like, I was talking to her. I had lunch with her and Joyelle um, not that long, like last year sometime. And she was like, I I don't know if I'm going to book this pilot or not. I auditioned for this pilot. It did finally get picked up. But she was like, I just bought a house. And right. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. Yes. So it's like, and I'm looking at her Damn. who's like, so, you know, you know, far ahead of me. And I'm just like, Jesus. It's That's just, what I got to look forward gr- to. <laughs> exactly. Like it doesn't stop. So you have to, you want to, you have to have that in you that will. Otherwise, it, you're so, so much easy of it to quit. Is, so much of it is mental toughness because you look at people that are super yeah. talented and super capable. So some of it is your ability. Yeah. Some of it, you talk about hard work, so your training and everything. But also I feel equally a part of that is your mental training too. And that yeah. mental toughness, you know, whether it's meditation or whatever it is that you're going to church, I mean, whatever, journaling, yep. whatever it is that you do to keep yourself, like you said, Candace, like, I get up and it's a fight oh, every it's a day. Fight for, and I, it I, is, I, but you got to want it. Yep. Well, when, I mean, I want it, but I'll, I'll tell you that the last maybe year and a half, maybe two and a half years, my mental toughness went away. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually just, I've been humbled. Like, I mm-hmm. fell to my knees and said, I don't know if I'm strong enough to endure this because there's no rhyme or reason it's like there's no there's no formula there's no route and even though they said it's never been that way before you put in the work and you put in the hours as you know malcolm was it gladwell said Mm -hmm. you know 10,000 hours hours. well now you could put in 10,000 hours and it'll still be like Mm -hmm. how many followers you got on instagram Mm -hmm. absolutely it's like other things that are dictate whether or not you make it or not yeah but i will say that i do i do believe that the persistence thing persistence and the talent and i think it's just a matter of time but it it also who you know helps (laughs) that really does help and so we're here live on truth serum you are listening to myself and darren candace thompson is in the house melvin robert is back and we are talking about endurance, mental endurance, and that what you do. But I want to bring up the question of the day because uh, we got some funny responses on social media. <laughs> Today's question of the day, what's your truth? If you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, what would you say? And uh, today, everybody in this room is going to answer that question. If you want to call in, 310-986-6610. Uh, those of you on social media, uh, some of the most hilarious responses that I, I mean, I didn't think they were going to go that crazy, but we got some <laughs> funny ones. And uh, so, yeah, what would you, what would you, uh, what would you say to your younger self? Uh, Candace, I'll start with well, you. What would I say? I would tell my younger self to, to lower my expectations of people, mm. all people. And that mo- I would tell myself that most people are mentally ill. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I came into this world in an emotionally healthy, like, uh, family, like both my parents, emotionally healthy, 
none of them, neither one of them were addicted to anything. Right. They, me and my sister were both planned. You know, they yeah. wanted the two of us and we, we're here and they're still together. They're still in love. And so when I came out to L.A., I didn't realize how trash people were. <laughs> I didn't. I had grown up in this bubble, like in the suburbs, like in Queens when I was like up until I was about 10. And then in, when we moved to Cincinnati, when I was like 10 years old, we grew up in the suburb, went to like a we didn't go to a private school in Cincinnati. But like it was still like a kind of a protected environment because of the district that we lived in. And then I moved out here and I was like, oh, y'all are wilding out. Like I got my heart broken in the worst type of way, but like a crazy person. And just through my friendships and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, y'all on some different shit out here. So that was what, that's something I had to learn. And just being in this industry, we've come across the craziest people in the world and the most insecure. And I didn't know that existed at all. Right. So yeah, I would warn myself of that. Lower your expectations. Lower your expectations. Darren, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to ask you a question. I still don't know the answer to your, your question. I was going to ask you, mm -hmm. did you move here for stand-up? Well, why'd you move Not here? Not stand-up, but I wanted to... I didn't know I was going to get into stand-up, but I knew I wanted to get into acting and comedy writing, like, for sitcoms. So okay. I wanted to be in entertainment, yeah. I fell into stand-up. And you went to college? Mm-hmm. And then just came straight here? No, I lived at home for, like, three years, saved up some money, and then I moved out here because I knew I didn't want to have to, like, live out of my car. So I asked my parents if I could stay there for a little bit, and they let, they let me stay because they love me. And they're, fan <laughs> and they're fantastic, which just made my... <laughs> But Maybe even harder. So my question is: In college, you didn't meet depraved people there. Depraved? No. Really? Depraved? Where'd you go to college? No, I went to Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Oh, and okay. like the black people that went there, like we were, it's like it's a really white school, and like so the black people that knew each other, we all knew each other, and for yeah. the most part, we kind of like there was petty shit, of course, you know, with like the fraternities and sororities. Like there were there were girls that were mean to me, but not like out here. Like, I'm talking about, like, when I moved out I found out what a sociopath was. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. not experience, and maybe I knew them but that, back then, but I didn't have personal attachments to them and didn't, let, didn't get hurt by them. But out here is when I learned, like, oh, people are legit trying to hurt me. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't ready for that. Melvin, you're up. If you can go for me, back. So, for me, I was a kid that got bullied really badly as a kid from second grade to eighth grade. So, seven to 13, which are very... You know, it's a crucial developmental time for a young person. And it was really hard for me. And I got, I mean, I got, like, beat up. I got thrown in the trash. Like, I mean, I got, like, really violently, like, bullied. Yeah, you sound like you were on Empire. Yeah, That's like, what man. I was about to Lucius did to his son? Wait, when I saw Jamal, I mean, yes. honestly, the, on Empire, watching that show and seeing that character, I saw, I connected to it so much. Not because of my dad, because my right. dad's wonderful and awesome. But just because of just, you know, going through that. And for me, because it was around being gay. And, right. you know, being like just the first day, of, like first couple of weeks of second grade, my aunt who worked in PR and marketing um, had given me this jacket, this super fly purple Laker jacket. And I wore it to school and these guys came up to me and they wanted my jacket. And I was like, this jacket's cute. I want this jacket. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they wanted the jacket and they called me a fag, faggot. And they threw me in the trash and they took my jacket. And that and I, in second grade. So. My whole, like, from second grade to eighth grade, so much of it was like, why don't people like me? Like, why do I not fit in? Why? So the advice I would give to myself going back would be, you are enough. Mm -hmm. You know, you are enough and you are so loved and you are so worthy. And it's not to sound cliche like all the, you know, Trevor Project, it gets better, but it's going to get better. Right. You know, wow. right. That just pissed me off. I know. I swear to you, uh, I guarantee you those dudes, were, uh, they working on their third strikes. 
and <laughs> they don't burn in purple hell. You don't steal no jacket from somebody and throw them in the trash can. That means you are a bad That's human being. That's so much you're, to you're, do, like to somebody. Like I like, and I had my phase where I was like a little bit of a bully. And that I, would just, I'm not proud of it, but like I did. Were you I, a bully? A little bit, I was. Ew. I like there was one little girl, light skin, Ruben Paul, <laughs> just walked in late. Whispering and tiptoeing as it, I locked the door. I don't know how he got in here. I wanted, I wanted, it's never anybody's fault in LA when they're late because they never leave on time. No, the park. Put your microphone. Yo, <laughs> let me put on my white headphones. Yeah. You ain't got no black headphones? Dang. <laughs> Yo, I can't hear myself. Wait. Oh, there I am. Man, I sound fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's good? Speaking of narcissists, where were you when it was time to bully Ruben? What's up, <laughs> right? I, stand up, up so I can give you a wedgie. What's up, that chia pet? What's up, that? Oh, what's you up like Bob? Ruben loves my Bob I, Ross I chia pet. I scroll past it every time, real fast. Cause Why? It, because I have that. Uh, it creeps me out. That thing, the uh, what? what do you call it when you see holes? It makes me itch. Hives, like um, it gives you like that. Uh, it's called a... Uh, I told Candace that. I said, that Bob thing, I, but I can't stop you watching can't stop it. can't stop watching it. His <laughs> hair is legit out of control now. I don't know what to do with it. I'm going to have to put it up in a ponytail holder. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. It's a, it, I have a... What do you call it? It's a fear, but it's... it's Thomas Dale has that same thing. Oh, trip, oh. trypnophobia is what it's called. Is that what it's it is? It's just fear of holes? Yeah, the holes. And it, it, Ugh, seeing it those patterns in your uh, eyes. Stop and it, stop it, it, stop it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. And then once you see it, you got to keep looking at it. That, but that's, there's no holes that's where anymore. I'm at right there's there. no dots. I know, or but that's when I saw that I was like, oh. But my apologies for being late. I'm usually very punctual, so I'm I'm sorry. Nobody believes you. Mm-mm. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so you you Candace was telling us that she used to be a bully when she was just little. a mild bully. I could totally see that with Candace. I have repented my sins. You know. <laughs> who did I'm you not, bully? There's a little a girl. Anybody who her called name her light skin? So, okay, so question. Why yeah. did you, just from a kid who, you know, like I just shared, why did you bully her? I, because um, she was she was just always, she was so quiet and like, she kind of looked like a witch. <laughs> not that I'm making excuses. This is, this is just me explaining to you. I'm not saying it's justified, but this is in my head. She was so weird and like she had the worst posture and she she didn't have any friends. Which This makes me sound like a terrible person. But she and she would just always like be bent over her desk with this terrible pot posture. And I remember this one time I just I got the whole class to like imitate her to like mm-hmm. mock her. So whenever she did something, the whole class would do it. So like she would like pick up her pencil. The whole class would pick up the pencil. She would like close her book. The whole class would close her book. And then she, I remember she was like, she turned to another kid who she thought started. And she was like, BJ, why are you doing this? And I got the whole class to say, BJ, why? It was, it was bad. I'm not proud of this. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. If she you was know, just an easy target. But Vanessa is the head of creative at Netflix. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. That's why I, all this anti-bullying. But, but is that really bullying though? <laughs> It was. Yes. It was. I used to throw dodgeballs at her head. Too. See, the, the, okay. one, the one thing that I think about a lot, especially in the advent of all this social media, is <laughs> That's I'm so grateful that they didn't have all this social media when I was in. Yeah, we didn't right. have all this when I was in middle <laughs> yeah. elementary school and middle school. Because you I'm, can't shut it off. And the way, because I'm like, the way I, they were coming for me, I mean, like, that would have been horrible. I mean, it was right. horrible already, you yeah. know? And like, and I think about all these kids who, you know, committed suicide and there's all these things, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. I, I, I never tried, but I, there was a moment in time where I would come up from school every day and I was like, maybe like there was a girl in my class that would talk about like committing suicide. 
I think when I was like in middle school and I was like, maybe like, I mean, nobody likes me. Like I don't really have any friends, you know, like why? And I remember every day I'd come up from school and I'd close the door to my room. And one day my mom, such a good mom. And like, she came in and she like flew the door open and was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Every day you come in here, every day you close the door, what's going on? We need to talk. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do this anymore. And I had like this whole breakdown, but that was kind of what kind of, you know, I appreciated that because if she wouldn't have done that, I don't know. I mean, my mom was super, was attentive. She was a teacher too, but uh, it was brewing. Yeah. I, I was, yeah. I was saying, well, the reason why I asked, uh, said to Candace, is that really bullying, bullying? Because from my perspective, if there wasn't any physical altercation, oh. then it wasn't bullying oh, to me is based on somebody physically. Can I, or can we speak freely? On yeah. yeah. Somebody beating your ass. That was bullying words. We can go back forth all day. With well, words. what about the people who can't spar with you, who don't have the, who don't have the skin for that, or like well, verbal I just, abuse? No, or but the wit. There is, I'm right. sorry. The first thing that I ever learned as one of the first early things I learned as a kid was sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never. Same, but you know. <clears throat> so I just words never really. I don't know. I just I was just more worried of. You know, getting them hands. It does, but it takes a a mental strength to Mm -hmm. understand that and to be okay with that, where some people are not. They're not emotionally okay and they're not mentally just okay. To be able to take that verbal, like, constantly, Mm -hmm. like, that's it takes a strong person to be able to be like, okay, this person, just ignore them. My mom used to say to me, may lightning strike you in half. That's a saying in Spanish. That hurt me more than any belt ever hurt me. What are people saying this? All right. And I'm asking an honest question because I'm sure it's different for mm-hmm. women also. But there'd be certain guys because I was, you know, class clown, made jokes. But there was always that one dude like, you keep making jokes, I'm going to fuck you up. Mm. And then you have a decision to make. <laughs> Are you going to run that set? <laughs> you got a decision to make <laughs> of whether you're going to. Because usually a person that will say, I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. Can He's really do it. Yeah. Can really do it. Yeah. So you would just like, all right, I'll fall back. Or if you thought, okay, I'm not going to let you punk me or bully me, then I'm going a, I'm to a keep going. Right. See, and and I, I I hear that because I growing up, my dad and my uncle would always say, like, I'm telling you, boy, if you just pop them one, one time. They won't mess with you anymore. You know, I'm telling you. And I just that was their thing. If you just bust it, if you, if you just, you know, and I just couldn't like it just wasn't in me to, right. to do that, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I and, I, and I don't know if it, if it was because being so young, because now I think about it, I'm like, God, seven years old, like that's so young. <laughs> You know, I was so, I have a little cousin and when he started going to school, I was so worried. I'm like, I didn't want, you know, that to him not to go through that, especially as a young kid. Yeah, that's really young. But so I don't know. I mean, and I don't know. If, and I think my voice was just kind of disabled as a young person. And so I didn't even have the confidence I to feel you. that I could like, you know, well, that I was worthy. Retaliate. To, yeah. Well, I will say this. I did get bullied mm-hmm. um, and I got bullied one time. What was it for? Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. This kid had just moved into my neighborhood. He was from, uh, he had just moved from South Central, and I grew up in Carson. And Carson is more of a lower middle class black neighborhood. And he moved from the hood hood. And um, first day he moved in, for some reason, he had his sight set on me. We got into a fight. I actually won the fight. The next day, I was all confident. He wanted to fight again. I'm like, bet. <laughs> so I take my jacket off, and he beats the shit out of me. Oh, what happened? 
he did it while I was taking my jacket off. I didn't know. Oh. I thought there were rules in fighting. Yeah, that there are rules, and that no, that was. I didn't know. I was young, mm -hmm. so he beat me. He when I tell you he beat my ass. This dude who's is actually doing life in prison right now for murder. Um, so I got bullied by the best. <laughs> I knew there was a, a punchline coming somewhere. So, so he beat he beat the shit out of me, and I remember being. Uh, this was the summer, and I remember I stayed in the house the whole summer, and my father came home, and he goes, why aren't you outside playing? And I was like, I don't know. He's like, he outside your window, just put his fist <laughs> but in, in my, But Candace, in my head, that's what Bring I imagined. I just imagined I, I that, that like this dude was waiting to beat my ass, yeah. and I, I stayed in the house for over a month, and then my father came home and was like, why aren't you outside playing? Because I was the type of kid you couldn't get to come in the house. But all of a sudden, I was always in the house. And my father said, why aren't you outside? And I go, I don't know. And then he sensed it. He goes, are you scared of somebody? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, yeah, we're drilled. And he's like, if you do not go outside. Mm -hmm. And he goes, if you don't go outside and fight him, then you're going to have to deal with me. And you I went outside immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the cold part. I went outside. He saw me. I, I stood my ground, and he was like, what's up, bro? Like, he didn't even remember that he had beat the shit out of me. He's a psychopath. Like, a month ago. <laughs> he's, he's a member of those sociopaths we were talking about? He's a exactly. No, I'm dead serious. I know that one of those things is that they, they act as if nothing happened. And that's yo, one of the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I've read books on this. Like, nothing, <laughs> like, yo. And Who hurt I'm you? a professional. Who it, hurt you? But I can't I say his name. I will here. say this. He never, he, you again. he didn't try to bully me after that. Or anything, I guess he might have remembered the first ass whooping. Yeah. yeah. You know, where I totally, he beat me so bad, I forgot that I whooped his ass. <laughs> That's yeah. how bad he beat. Yeah. I was like, I don't want no parts of this dude. Yeah. Uh, he was literally going to try to kill me, I thought. And uh, he, he did go to jail. So yeah. He's in prison right now still? He's in prison. He murdered. You think he's listening? Give him a shout out. <laughs> That's hilarious. Ruben got bullied by the best. We're the gonna, best. He, he, probably, he probably got a phone. Well, this was cold. They, probably, they sneak him in through there. But this, this, they do. He got a booty phone. This, this is what's so cold. So he, he lives in Texas, and a friend of mine sent me a message on Facebook of the article and goes, Did you read this? And he, he murdered somebody at a gas station in Texas. Well, that sounds right about right. The trajectory of somebody. It was either a gas station or a Trader yeah. Joe's parking lot. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to get into our celebrity. Uh, Ruben Paul, Candace Thompson, and Melvin Robert are in the house. If you want to call us, 310-986-6610. And remember, the question of the day, which Ruben is going to end, hand answer when we come back without one of his long-winded ass stories is <laughs> what if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self what would you say we'll be right back i wonder if she could tell i'm hard right now hmm. yeah come on dance for me baby <laughs> yeah. uh-oh do you feel like all right come on don't stop now Oh yeah. 
story about next i uh when i was married to my ex he played football for the chargers and um we had i used to i was bored i didn't have anything to do i was like um maybe how old was i i was 20 and i had a baby and i had no job and a football player boyfriend and i didn't fit in i came from the hood to these nfl hoes and i was like (laughs) did not fit in and we, I put together a celebrity uh, basketball game and next performed. And it was so funny because I became friends with RL Tweed and I are still friends. But um, they wanted uh, they wanted clothes. And so I got them some Dada clothes. <laughs> you know, Do you know what Dada is? Dada, I remember. No. Dada, Dada is out of style. But I knew the guy, the guy who ran Dada's name was Nitro. And um, <laughs> I knew why right. they called him Nitro because he punched the girl in the face and knocked her like two feet. I was like, okay, I see why they call you Nitro. We can't be friends anymore. But uh, anyway, we <laughs> I had to get them some clothes. And when I got them clothes, then they performed. But they didn't perform until they got their new clothes. Hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, y'all, y'all didn't have any clothes before this? Y'all got a song on the radio, Butter Love. <laughs> 
And so they performed this song, Too Close, at the show. And I heard the song for the first time. And I was like, that song is going to be a hit. And that was the song. And then I was like, where the next one at, though? But um, Can we talk about that they were literally singing about having a boner? Yeah. Like, and we just, that would never fly. No, well, you can't do it. Well, you, can't, well, you could do it now. You could but. still do it now. But like the fact, it's just so graphic. Yeah, but not, not, not anymore. No, now it would be like, my dick is hard. My dick is hard. That would, yeah, it would be even more so blatant. It, they wouldn't yeah. even allude to it anymore. It wouldn't be a metaphor anymore. It would just be my dick is hard. That's Come here, bitch. Let song. me spit in your mouth. <laughs> suck on this Percocet and then suck on this dick. That is how it would go now. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry, Ruben. I know church I mean, is on Sunday. Yeah. Jesus. What's your truth? Uh, we want you to call in and tell us if you could go, if could go back in time. What would you tell your younger self? 310-986-6610. Marie, a few from the internet because some of these are ridiculous, but I like ridiculous. Juicebox Jesse on uh, Instagram said, he said, I would definitely have made a sex tape off of all the dudes I fucked and then told them all, told and all, unless really 16, get money and moved back to Miami. Okay. So he would uh, blackmail men that he had sex with, and then he would take the money that he blackmailed and uh, move to Miami because Miami is where he would go to get killed. <laughs> I'm assuming he's talking about like in, like straight men that he. Yes. Uh, I would also like to see this list. So I mean, uh, all of us would because we might know people on it. We, we, I'm sure we do. We've dated some of them. <laughs> um, Nick of comedy said I would move to L.A. sooner. Um, some funny ones came on uh, Twitter. The the Instagram ones are the, the the weirder ones. Destroy all pictures of yourself wearing parachute pants. In fact, get rid of all <laughs> 80s pics. Buckle up. Stay true to, tr- true to your north. Keep the faith. Love and respect all people as well as their culture. Don't be scared to be adventurous or step outside of your comfort zone. That is Richard and Kate's. And then read, read, read and go watch Michael Jackson live. Aww. Oh, yeah. I would tell myself that it's okay to leave a job, a profession that isn't right for you. Don't stay in that job for a decade. Let it chip away at you. Okay. Stop eating Jack in the Box. (laughs) (laughs) Slippery slope. And then Emery said, uh, take more pictures of you and your loved ones during family time. Hey, Emery. Emery's not here, but he's here. (laughs) (laughs) We are um, live on Truth Serum, and we are talking about... What would we go back and tell our younger selves? But for right, but right now, Ruben, we're going to let you answer that question. We're going to talk about some of the news, some of the celebrity. Um, so I want to start with Jada Pinkett because Jada Pinkett talked about uh, having a sex addiction on on her new Red Table Talk show. Did you guys read the article? Yeah, and she said she was addicted to uh, first. Well, she was addicted to having sex, and then she was on her way to becoming an alcoholic. Right? She has an addictive personality and her mom was addicted to drugs, mm-hmm. which she left for a man, she admitted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, it's good to know that I'm not the only damaged person. on <laughs> I, I hear those stories and I'm like, you never know. Yep. Wow. Nobody and, wants to say and, anything and, here because <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants to piss Will Smith off because everybody's trying to work. I look at Ruben is over there like, like that's interesting. <laughs> Go ahead, Candace. <laughs> no, I, I'm finding that most people have addictions to things. I right. have, I, like what I was saying before is like when I said, 
you know, lower your expectations of people and, you know, and how I got exposed to things when I first moved out here. Like that was one of them. It was like I, I learned really quickly, like, oh, wow, everybody's an alcoholic. Like mm-hmm. everybody's doing on something. It's alcohol or they're a pothead or they're just doing something regularly to keep their mind busy or keep their mind off of spending time with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what's funny? Um, I I came late to alcohol and and weed. I didn't. Me too. I didn't start drinking until I was twenty seven. Um, oh wow, you beat me. Yeah, I went because I was with you know my ex husband was Muslim and he was very very like we didn't uh, you know he was very and I didn't want to do it because I come from a family of people who were addicted to substances. But when I got to L A. It was funny because my like, mom. Like I need a drink. <laughs> yeah, my mom instilled the fear of drugs in me so much, and I had an uncle who died of addiction. Mm. That I, it was like a little kid. The first time somebody offered me a line of cocaine in the bathroom, I ran out like a little kid. Wait, how old were you? I was a grown ass woman. I was like twenty eight, twenty nine years old. Trucks, no, 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 no. Stranger danger, stranger danger. Stranger. I had two Up kids. with hope, down with dope. She screams as she runs out of the bathroom. Right, did you hear that? Where is Nancy Reagan when you, you need her? You hear that grown-ass woman yelling, stranger danger? I ran away. And it's so funny because when people have asked me if I do drugs, even the person who I'm currently seeing was asking me if I did drugs, and I was so offended. I was so appalled that anybody would ask me if I ever did drugs I'm like because to me in my head that means I look like I do drugs and I'm like yeah. well, do I look like a base head hilarious well for me I don't know if it's a, a, a island thing but I was terrified to drink or do drugs growing up because my parents were really strict and my sister had went off the deep end and was doing drugs selling drugs and went to prison did the whole thing oh, shit. yeah so Can I was say that I was the baby. I was the baby in the family. So I was just, I didn't want to disappoint my parents. And then I was afraid of what they were going to do. And then everybody that I know that I knew that drank and smoke weed weren't successful. They weren't doing shit. Yeah. So still, yeah. Yeah. And still. Um, So that's kind of kept me away from them. When I got to college and we're all doing something in college, we're all studying and they were drinking. I was like, wait, you could drink and be productive. And then I had my first drink when I got to college. And then I didn't start smoking weed until I was over 35. And, and part of that came from just uh, insomnia yeah. as a comic, not being able to sleep. I'm like, I can't sleep. I'm up until yeah, five o'clock in the morning working. And then somebody's like, yeah, why don't you smoke a joint? I'm like, I've never smoked a joint. Like, yo ass ain't never smoked a joint. Yeah. Like never in my life. And then, and now you do it regularly. Every day, I'm high right now. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> and, and no, I'm but not. I do do it regularly. But I, I'm not one of those people that have to. I know people who wake up in the morning oh, yeah. and, and smoke there's, there's and all day long. All day, and that's what I. That's a nighttime thing for me. You know, and I think it's important too to know and to understand like to why you're doing it if you are engaging in that. Yes, whatever it is. And one of the things in the article, I was looking for this quote that Jada said. She said that it's not what you're doing, but it's how you're with it and why you're doing it. And it's the behavior mm-hmm. that's attached to it because mm. yep. she said, if you want to have, she was talking about her sex addiction. If you want to have a lot of sex, that's great. But why are you having all that sex? That's what you've got to really look at. Yeah. And that's what you have to examine is to know what is it attached to? Like, what am I masking? What am I hiding from? Why do I need this as a companion piece? You know, whether it's some people feel it's going to make me more successful, well, okay. it, you know, 
Well, Candace says something interesting about doing these things to avoid spending time with, with yourself. yourself. Mm-hmm. And if we talk about depression, um, yeah, I may smoke weed for insomnia, but there are weeds that you can smoke that will uplift your spirits, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't really know what the correct answer is for that. If you're doing it, like if you can't function in a normal everyday life without being high, then mm-hmm. maybe it's an issue. But when you're feeling down sometimes and you smoke a little, sometimes it gives you perspective. Like, all Absolutely. right, things aren't as crazy as I thought they were. Things aren't as bad as I thought they were. But then prayer and meditation does that for some people also. Exactly. So. Yeah. yeah, Ruben just came in here and ran a commercial for Sativa. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it makes you find clarity. You It'll give you the lotto numbers. <laughs> find out he owns a dispensary down the street. Well, no. <laughs> I don't know. Some, some not, he's like, you don't understand. When did I become street. the straight man for Ida's comedy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll say, I'll be punished. First something. of all, let's just be very clear. This is not my comedy. This is me having a conversation like I have a conversation with you on the phone. Whatever. You will never hear any of this shit on stage, which is the difference between me and people who are always on exactly this but is my why, reaction to your weed commercial because i grew why, up in why is the punchline always on me because you not, came late you set yourself up yeah because right. you came late thank you candace you yes. welcome is hey, it call, candace you, is it called in here <laughs> he keeps looking at our titties so I just have, stop saying that my nipple game is strong guys it's very strong and right now it's cold in the studio because it's it's 90 degrees outside so i'm wearing a tank top and shorts i put on as little material as i could and then you know i also put on I, it also dic- the weather dictated the type of bra i put on today i put on the thinnest material possible yes hot yeah so i i the girls are awake right now and yeah. <laughs> My nipple game My titties, my rib cage hanging out. They know I don't ever, I'm always covered up. I got that Pentecostal upbringing that is traumatized me for life. Sometimes I'll walk out the house and I'm like, I cannot walk out the house sitting like this. I don't even, this thin bra wouldn't even hold your girls. No. You got such nice boobs. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) I've been working on these titties for a long time. A lot of trauma. Working on them. Yeah. That shit is natural. Yeah, I know, but I do these exercises. I must. I must. I must increase my bust. So I, lo- I must increase my bust. Is that your mantra? It's hilarious. That, that was a I thing. Must. I must. I want to say that was from like uh, a sitcom back in the 90s. Probably. It's so like- fun. I like it though. Um, anyway, if you're listening, we are live. Uh, this is Truth Serum. Ruben Paul is in the house. Candace Thompson. Melvin Robert is here. Um, our next story is uh, about the cast of House of Cards finally speaking up and oh, speaking wow. about Kevin Spacey. And Robin Wright said that she was saddened and surprised. She said, I really didn't know that, man. She said, I never, yeah. it was really interesting to hear her yeah. her story okay. because she says she never really, she between cut and action, there was not that much interaction. Yeah. And I'm like, that's because you a girl. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You ain't 14. But, that really, but that really stood out to me too, that she was so candid about that, that she's like, I really didn't know him. I mean, she even said, uh, I think they asked her about, have you communicated with him since, you know, all this has happened? And she's like, I wouldn't even know how to get in touch with him. Wow. Really? Yeah. She was like, I didn't really, we professionally, we giggled, like we chuckled, we had moments, but you know, like that was it. Like I didn't, we didn't socialize off set. She's not his type. Right. Right. (laughs) Like what he wants me in touch with her. I feel like we're not, they're not going for drinks, but even (laughs) though, not to say that men and women cannot be platonic friends, 
But I I would suspect that on a show that has such high profile and is such a, a you know such a loved show, people love that show. They are they ride for it. It, it has like a cult following. It is good that you would see that there'd be some com- competitiveness between them. The dynamic shows, the tension shows on the show. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. Just listening to that story. I know when I've worked on anything, like even if we all went on the road together, when you spend lots of time with people, you kind of form this family. Mm-hmm. And it's just strange that she wouldn't have any insight whatsoever into what his behavior was like. Yeah, he was gay, but it did, it just shows you human nature. We only show people what we, what want, we them want them to see. see. That's right. Yeah, and even in that type of environment, it's crazy because I've done plays, I've gone on tours, and I go through a depression. Like if we went on a m- month tour, like we traveled in military bases right. or whatever. Like when we come back, we're like, yo, like Sad. we had breakfast every morning yeah. for, for three weeks. And we worked out together. We went out after the shows. And there's this yep. bond that keeps you throughout your whole comedy career. I'm still friends with people that I've done dates with. So it's weird to have that many seasons of. House of Cards, and, and then not it's have over, a, and not have any contact. That's bizarre. That I think is. it's, but you know, if you're going to keep the show going, um, I, I'm pretty sure that there that establishment would probably say to her, "Be as brief as you can possibly be," because I, I she just seemed like she didn't want to throw him under the bus. That's like probably she didn't it. Want, you know what I mean? Yeah. But she probably was being loyal. Well, saying, let me ask you this: Do you think that? A lot of times when when Harvey Weinstein and all the stuff came about him, then all these stories come, everybody knew he was doing it all yeah. along. So do you think it was a sense of her just going, mm, doesn't totally come out of surprise, but as the as far as the media goes, I'm just ask, act like I was totally in shock. I, I don't, I don't, this is, I think it's a little bit different in, uh, I don't know, because I had heard stuff about Harvey Weinstein and I, I feel to. like, and I'd, I hadn't heard anything about Kevin Spacey. Yeah. And I feel like that was more definitely on the low. Um, Were yeah. you shocked by Kevin Spacey? Yes. See, I wasn't. Really? And I, I always and I don't thought know he if was I heard, gay, but I didn't think he I knew was he a was predator. gay. Yeah, I knew he was gay. But you know, you just hear things in passing, and mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you specifically what I heard about Kevin Spacey, but I did hear something, but I can't tell you what I heard. Does that make I, sense? I mean, like, I heard he was Kaiser Soze. That's all I heard about him. <laughs> And I heard he was keeping... You know when you have conversations and somebody's name is like... You, but you goes, know people. That motherfucker. That's what... I've heard of that motherfucker about Kevin you Spacey, but not people. really... But no specific No specific. But you, you hang it. out with people that are like in those circles that know yes. the people. Like... Yeah. The lady at Chipotle on Ventura ain't gonna tell me that Kevin <laughs> Spacey <laughs> is a I'm trying to hang with the Chipotle people. Fuck them. The rest of them. I also know that he's a he was a, a rape uh, well an alleged rapist and predator. So that's something you're not gonna show anybody. Those people who are you know predatorial tend to be you know Harvey Weinstein had the privilege of having that ultimate success where Kevin Spacey was an employee in Hollywood. So I think that the dynamic of who they are, but I'm sure he's felt on a couple of people somewhere along the way. And I decided it was very interesting that her, her attitude towards him was so as if he was a, a foreigner, you know, not, and I, and I don't mean foreigner, but as a stranger. Yeah. They weren't friends. And I think, but I also, I think one of the, I think it's gotta be difficult to, when you spent that amount of time, regardless of whether or not they were close, they did spend a, a significant amount of time together. And then you feel like, you know, somebody, right. 
like Ruben was saying, people, you know, you're putting out there what you want people to see. And then you hear this other thing and you're like, wow, like, I didn't even know that side of you. Dang. Right. And I remember after the Charlie Rose um, uh, news came out and Gail King was on CBS this morning and she said that she was so honest and I was moved by what she said. She said, I'm having difficulty reconciling this person that was my friend and this whole other life that yep. I didn't even know about. Yep. Right. You know, and so I'm I'm really trying to reconcile that. Like, how do you can like have love? Do you still have love for a friend? Are you like you're not my friend anymore? Are you, you know, yes. he didn't act like that towards <laughs> me. You know yes. what I mean? So I'm like, but there is like a a thing that happens where you're like, dang. But there's you know the I think there's a thing about an infidel. You know, a, a man who's having relationships with, or woman that's having relationships with other adults who are consenting adults versus someone who is a predator. And that is, you know, that when people are predatorial, I don't want to be friends with anybody like that, right. you know, because that's that's just that's that's an an, an innate uh, desire to use your power to to abuse others. And yes. that for me is, you know, that's that's where I draw the line on friendships. And I do believe that a lot of people are friends with people like that, even us that we don't know are those types of people, because that's something that you do in the dark. Absolutely. Yeah, we we everybody in here knows. So, I mean, I thought that was interesting. Um, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, Ruben is going to answer what he would go back and tell his younger self. And we're going to talk a little bit about some news and we're going to get into it. Uh, you can call us 310-986-6610. Ruben Paul, Candace Thompson and Melvin Robert. I am Ida and we will be right back.
I like the players. No diggity, no doubt. Play on, player. Uh-huh. You know, it's my shout out to Alicia, uh, uh-uh. Alicia Etheridge, my girl. No, that's not it. That's my bad. I'm, I'm, so I'm dating myself. <laughs> this is the old young nigga anthem. Yeah. <laughs> we. <laughs> with everybody in here except Darren. Darren is like, um, I don't know these songs. <laughs> You know what? We are back. This is Truth Serum. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. Um, I want to thank you for the support that we've been getting on social media. And um, I appreciate you guys. If you want to call in, you can. 310-986-6610. Melvin Robert, Candace Thompson, and Ruben Paul are in the house. Darren D. Nelly is in the house as well, being from New York and cool with his hoodie on. And uh, Darren, if you could go back to your younger self, what would you tell yourself? Um, I guess relax. Me you know, too. I I was pretty anxiety ridden, and probably still am. But I, I I realized that um, you know, if you if you just visualize what you want to do and just keep chipping at it, you know, you'll get there. You know, don't overthink the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like I was, you know, I was very, you know. Uh, anxious about you know moving here and you know doing comedy and being good I, I just the whole the whole business gave me anxiety so i would just say relax okay Smoke that's some good. weed that's good advice yeah. <laughs> and ruben how about you um well i'll make it short since i know you're going to critique the time i give this answer no i want you to give your answer and i don't want you to edit it all right. Um, first things first for me would be uh, I would tell I would tell my younger self not to care so much about what other people think, and um, because of shame and embarrassment early on, um, growing up in California, um, I, I was embarrassed by a lot of things because uh, I got made fun of a lot, mm-hmm. and what that did to me going forward is really caring too much about what other people thought, and um, and I told you this privately. You know, I wish my parents were still alive so I could apologize to them. You know, I, I embrace my Haitian culture now, but before, I don't want people to saw the food that we ate because it was when you're so different than everybody else. They didn't know anything about fried bananas and de avec sauspois, du jonjon, like all these Haitian dishes that I would love to have on a regular basis now that I that I tried to hide from when I was younger. And just embrace yourself because that helps you comedically also as a comic to become a better comic is just to you have to do it for, for what what your belief system is, what you believe in, what you're passionate about, how you think, how you feel, or you have no business being on stage, in my opinion. If you can't give the audience or the world a piece of yourself honestly and who you are, then what are you really doing? Yep. I um, you know, I think that's really great advice. It's so funny because I grew up in Miami around Haitians, and I grew up with friends who I ate their food and I loved their culture, and um, and I grew up in Miami during a time where they would make fun of Haitian people, Ugh. and you know how I was like. How are you gonna make fun of the people who are responsible for your freedom? For your freedom, who right. fought for your independence, and such a glorious people. Like it's it's amazing how in America 
the narrative on people of color spins for the worse. And we, mm -hmm. we tend to believe the worst about us and unknowing how glorious and beautiful and powerful our past is. Yeah, and even you know? in a, uh, a, I grew up in an all black neighborhood and even being Haitian, I was still made to feel less than because my parents didn't cook the same foods right. that they cooked. They didn't, you know, they didn't speak English properly or they had the thick accent. Mm -hmm. So it was constantly being ridiculed that we were different and being different is okay. And now that I'm older, I just, you know, I just feel bad that I waited so long to really embrace this rich heritage and legacy that I come from. My parents are honorable people. My father was a missionary. He yeah. My parents dedicated their lives to feeding the poor. They wow. built orphanages. They traveled. They brought uh, homeless people into our home, whether they be black, white, Latino. I used to think my brother was Mexican. I had a Mexican brother growing up because I go, mom, who's this in my bedroom? And he's like, that's your brother. Hmm. I'm like, All mom, right. are you listening, mom? <laughs> that, that's what parents are supposed to do. You know, so I, 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 quick story and then I'll, I'll go. So there's this, this guy that comes to Ruby Tuesdays, this Haitian dude. And we talk. He and you're up, talking about the comedy show, not the restaurant. Yes, the my comedy show, Ruby. <laughs> Please, <laughs> just for. Yes. I thought the clarify. restaurant. To be honest, I oh, was you like, did? Oh. I was like, oh. oh. So I do. I do a show. Oh, that's your spot, huh? Yeah, I do a show every <laughs> Tuesday at the Laugh Factor called Ruby Tuesdays. And there's this Haitian cat named Shiz that comes to the show. He was born in Haiti. He grew up in Miami and in Boston, which has a huge Haitian population, also. And he just started talking to me and realized how disconnected I was since my parents passed and since I didn't really grow up around Haitians. And he brought me some Haitian food mm. to the Laugh Factor. Now, trip this about smoking weed. It's all going to tie together. So I can't really eat before I perform. Yeah. And he brought it. He's like, oh, just warm it up when you get home. So I went home. Uh, I took the food out of the bag. I smoked a little weed. And I'm eating this Haitian food. And literally a tear starts to run down my eye because it just... <laughs> brought not only was the food good it was delicious but it just reminded me of my parents of home of yes. home you know and i hadn't had that in so long so um that's what i'll tell my younger self don't worry about what other people think embrace who you are and just work hard like i'm already a hard worker but just work hard and stay focused on what what you want to do and don't let anybody define you beautiful so mm -hmm. i want to share a few of them from mm -hmm. facebook I, I got some some good ones um aj Jolie Vett, who was um, AJ, who was on uh, A Different World. Um, she was Gina on A Different World. She wrote, Dear AJ, you are enough. Trust yourself more. Act on every single idea you have. Don't be afraid to say hello to people admire that you admire because they'll be gone when you're 50. Don't be afraid to say no. Wear more mini skirts and shorts. Travel <laughs> more. Enjoy your beauty. You are enough. I promise to always take care of you. Um... And a lot of those, a lot of the answers that I got were people telling themselves that they are enough. Uh, a lot of things dealing with worthiness. Tarvinia um, Eddings-Jones said, this is my second time with this question on my timeline, so I'll answer it. Don't marry that nut. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff Grant Carlvin said, don't drop out of college, otherwise you'll be a 33-year-old freshman trying to finish your degree. Save your money. Um, weed isn't cool. Don't talk to her. She's the devil. Shh. Steve Wilson said, shh. 
That's what he would tell his younger self. Hilarious. Um, don't do that. It's going to mess up your knees. Oh, and don't do that. It will <laughs> jack up your shoulder. <laughs> and start an investment portfolio. So thank you guys for sharing so many uh, great sentiments that you would want to share with your younger self. Um, when I come, when we come back, I'm going to talk about uh, what I would say to my younger self. Um, I've, I've been working on it for quite some time. But I want to. I, I want, know what I want to say to your younger self. <laughs> Leave that dude alone. Uh, <laughs> you, like, you and my grandmother yeah. and my mom all standing in a line. Each saying it in a in a different language. Um, so we, I do want to get over to the news, but I do believe in spreading good news. And one thing that I saw in the news today that was good news, like last week's good news story, was about the young um, young people that were in the cave in Thailand. Who were being rescued, and while they're actively uh, they're actively rescuing them, I think they've gotten four, eight people out yeah. at this point, but there are still um, five people left. And Elon Musk is working on sending over something that may be able to get them all out, which I think is really exciting. Mm-hmm. That he is using his privilege, his wealth, his opportunity, his technology for the betterment of man and mankind. So I thought that was pretty dope. Um, so. We have two news stories that we want to cover. And the first one was that Kim Kardashian is back. Uh, Kim Kardashian decided that uh, she went to visit some women in prison and went to hear their uh, their cries and to address some of their issues. So now she is pleading with Governor Jerry Brown to fix some of the conditions, uh, to address the conditions that women in prison are under and the, to address some things specifically like the male guards, which I didn't know that male guards were in there while women were changing. I didn't know male guards were patting women down. That's not how it works in Orange is the New Black. <laughs> we They give us a completely different version of what. But that's also, a, a, a what is it, a low minimum? Low, it, minimum low security? security. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that whatever's on that show. So I don't know what type of prison she was is talking about, but that, that might be a difference too. Yeah, no, no, but it's I thought that, that they were... Um, separated by gender and I did not think that men were in there when women were changing and um, she was very careful as to what she said she said my heart is with them but I'm I'm sure that she was very diligent about her words because that could rain consequences on the women who are currently still incarcerated so I I wanted to bring this up because why do you think Kim Kardashian has taken on the cause of women in prison. I mean, last time I thought it was a marketing. I thought it had something to do with Kanye's album coming out the very next week. But what, what's going <laughs> on with her? Is she growing a conscience? Is she trying to find a purpose after not being, you know, the hottest young chick in America anymore? What's going on with her? I think some of this is is because I heard her in a couple of interviews post robbery that horrible you know situation that happened to her in Paris, and I think Life that changing. It's just I, I believe. It's changed her, and I think that she is really, you know, to your point, um, has it been a change in consciousness? I think she's making an effort. I do because why? Do, because here's the thing: why does she need to get involved in stuff like this if she really wasn't passionate about it? Right? I don't. She doesn't need the press. Right. She doesn't need social media followers. Right. She doesn't need. I mean, what's she? What's the game for this? She has everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know that we know of. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she could very well just be having a change of heart, which I think is, I, I agree. I think that is what's happening. I think she's, uh, anyone who has a platform like that. Yeah. And I've always told myself, like, when that does happen for me, because it will. Yes. I will, I'm going to be benevolent. I mean, I am a benevolent person already, but it's like, I want to help people. And it's like, if she has the, the means to reach those numbers of people, you have a social responsibility. And I don't like when people say when celebrities don't have social responsibility, because they, they all do. do. They do. Yeah. Um, and when you say like the, the music that kids listen to don't affect, doesn't affect how they grow up and, and the way they behave, it does. Yeah. Everything yeah. we see, we absorb as kids, we're sponges. So like, I'm just happy that if, if that she is finally doing something, like I'm not going to hate on her. I'm, you know, I, I'm so right. tired of Absolutely like, not. and we don't know, we've, we've never, not one of us has like hung out with Kim Card. Okay. One time I did. <laughs> not hanging out, but I met her very briefly. But I don't know her. I don't know her past. I yeah. don't know anything personal about her. So yeah. for all this hate that people have been spewing at her for so many years, just because she's been successful and like had a life on TV has been kind of unfair. I've never been team hate Kardashians. And I think, you know, the bigger picture of it is people evolve. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. people change and people grow. Who yep. knows? She might have been in public and uh, had a kid say something to her. Somebody make an impact on her. And that's one thing when people that's messed up about life sometimes is people try to keep you where they found you or where you mm. are. Even in this business, if somebody's seen you do a set 10 years ago and they go, hey, you need to see Candace. I seen her 10 years ago. Um, it's different now. Do you think that she <laughs> might have written some new jokes and mm. might have become a better performer? And right. You know, like people can improve people can change people can become different so you know i applaud her if, if you're going to use your platform you should be using it to uplift and, and help people yeah. and, and not be chastised for it and thinking other than what her intent is and that's such a great point too yeah. because you know it's giving people the it's like the permission right to, to to see giving yourself the permission to see this person in all of their glory and all of that evolution mm -hmm. and all of that newness, right? Because yes. the fact of the matter is, is that whoever that was in the past, okay, you know, whatever, we don't know. And just like, we don't really know her now. Yes. But yeah. I think when you meet somebody and yeah, maybe somebody's been through stuff in the past, but it's like, well, and even people, I know personally, there's people that are not in my life anymore, right? Mm -hmm. For a variety of reasons. But it's like, well, I hope that they're better. I don't know. I mean, I haven't talked to them in years, I, right? Yeah. But I hope, but I don't know that person anymore. They yeah. could be totally different now. Exactly. Right. And, I, and, I, and it's not fair for me to judge now, the now, past, you know? And now, to be fair, yeah. there are some people who never change. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And they are who they are. And then when we get bit by them, we're like, damn it, I knew this person was messed up. Mm -hmm. I knew it 10 years ago when I met them, but... I ignored those signs or I didn't. So there is that. So I get why people like to pigeonhole people and make it seem like they're only one way, but you at least have to give people the opportunity. Right. And to expect that everybody is that way is, it, is very uh, myopic. Because, yeah, I mean, one of my favorite quotes, Maya Angelou, you know, when people show you who you are, believe them the first time. Yep. Right. Yeah. So it's like, so I feel like you have your antennas up, right? But it's also to be open to the fact that maybe there could have been a change or maybe to be, but to be aware, right? And I used to love, love, love that quote until I saw all these Instagram models. <laughs> posting that point. Like, stop it. <laughs> Just turn your booty from the camera 
<laughs> and do what you do, boo. I don't need to hear you quote my ass I, I talk about that on stage now where it's like you see everyone's trying to sound smarter on social media, but yes. it'll be, they'll quote like a historical figure, but then it'll be right below booty cheeks Come over on a sunset. Exactly. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But I love Ida. But I, dudes still, still <laughs> like the photos. That's they why they do like it. Because the y'all don't care how stupid it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how stupid men are. They're like, like. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sure the listeners know how smart and intelligent Ida is. And me and Ida will be on the phone she goes ruben i just don't like when stupid people try to sound smart just uh, be stupid <laughs> it's okay the superlatives <laughs> the you know like it, it i was uh so chris spencer posted this thing uh yes uh, i think it was this morning and it was this woman explaining why black this british woman explaining why they black oh, people should that. use the word yeah you know the n-word and then she went on to explain the root word which was negus which is incorrect and she was like it comes from nigeria that's where the slaves came from and she gave this explanation that was incorrect correct and i was like first of all uh <laughs> the word uh, n-e-g-u-s does not mean, mean royalty the, the etymology of the word that's not where it goes it goes really you know for people like me who english is our second language we always have to resort to the dictionary and stuff like that because I, when i was learning english i made a lot of mistakes so that dictionary saved me a lot of humiliation and embarrassment for our younger listeners you should probably explain what a dictionary is uh yeah they don't exist anymore <laughs> we, we do listen to that but one thing that i i saw was that the responses were people um, trying to just so be so intellectual and break down the n-word and why you know justifying why you should use the n-word and I was like you know um, it, first of all you know the slaves came from West Africa and if you if you know uh, you know history and you understand geography you wouldn't go into these explanations because you don't know what you're talking about but the, it was so unnecessary um, because you know what I mean? Like, I don't, there's no point. Nobody is reading comments and saying, sign her up for the study. I need that brain in the, in the lab. That's, <laughs> there's a genius right there. Right. You know what? Tell her to bring the Daisy Dukes and bring the fake eyelashes. She's going to help us save cancer. <laughs> and so it was just really. She's going to help us save cancer. It's, it cancer. really was annoying to see people get online and do that, use words incorrectly. And it's unnecessary. Um, hey guys, we are live on Truth Serum. We are here with Melvin Robert, Candace Thompson, and Ruben Paul. Darren D. Nelly is in the house. And the question of the day is if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self? And um, I'm going to be reading some of those out loud on the show. So please send them my way. I am looking at them. I uh, people ask me all the time I my therapist asked me who I haven't seen in a while which is why I've been crying so much she's like what would you go back and say your young tell your younger self and in all honesty I would say bitch where have you been mm. because when I was young I was fearless I was ruthless and I was unstoppable I lived in a crime ridden violent environment surviving drug addiction and alcoholism and I was like I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna throw the rope back and so I told myself I am going you know I'm gonna do this and every time I said I was gonna do something I did it 
I got into all the colleges that I said I wanted to go to. I got a, a forensic scholarship. I was ruthless, unstoppable. No matter what came my way, I said I was going to do it. It's not my job to enlighten you, Frank. That's your job. You need to go do your own homework. And if you're challenging me, you need to go challenge somebody else because I don't have time for that foolishness. Um, I, um, I, I stopped. I went on to the live on Facebook. Some people know how to really <laughs> rattle me sometimes. But anyway, I, I was very, very fearless. And even though I battle, I think as I got older and I got uh, I started dating and I got into relationships and had children, my self-esteem and my worthiness issues became, you know, it, it, it became more of an issue as opposed to when I was young, I was fearless. I used to walk around with a stick in my hand. I used to climb trees <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to conquer the world. And I believed that I could. And I set out to do with it. So if I could go back to my younger self, I would reconnect with uh, with that spirit and and with the the knowledge that I have now, and really go out and do some things. Um, Agby said, "Listen to my grandmother's wisdom, not to think that I knew it all." And I, I can so relate to that because my grandmother was my uh, my best friend. I'd say go to law school. I can't tell my younger self anything. I was a kid, LOL, or a teen, I should say. Michi. Um, anyway, thank you for tuning in, Facebook Live. You guys are awesome. We appreciate you. I am here with Melvin Robert, uh, Candace Thompson, and Ruben Paul, and we are talking about the news. We were just talking about Kim Kardashian speaking to the governor, Jerry Brown, and asking him to please change some of the conditions for women who are in prison. And um, one of the things that I thought was interesting today in the news was that the game said that Kim Kardashian should be the one to run for president as opposed to Kanye West because she has the following and the reach to get to those young white women who vote and she should use that. What do you guys think about Kim Kardashian being president post Donald Trump? I don't think that that's the best way to use <laughs> Kim, the nicest thing. Wait. Kim, Kim Kardashian. I, I feel like there's a better way to use her, to use her influence, use her social media, let her get behind a candidate Right. You know what I mean? But I don't think it's I her. I, I don't think that that's the best way to utilize her in the process. I'm not for anybody who has no political experience being the president. That's like where I, we are now. Exactly. And I mean, we've already we've seen what's been happening with this. It's been disastrous. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that she has the same intentions as Donald Trump. <laughs> but at the same time, I want experience. But flat out. She will make sure everybody has the perfect contour. The best lashes. <laughs> so you, oh, and smell good because yeah, the the perf the perfume. Oh, uh, the perfume. I was just reading about the. It's like watermelon and cherry, and it, like these notes. I was like, that smells good. <laughs> and, uh, don't forget the perfect smoky eye. Um, so I'm gonna read a few of these. John Lewis Blake said, "I tell my younger self, do not get my last ex's phone number. She will try to ruin your life." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I thought that was funny. Um, a few comments here. Kenneth uh, Ransford said, neither of them neither of them clowns should be president. What the hell is wrong with people? And exactly no political experience shouldn't run. Um, anyway, I want to thank uh, Candace for being here. Candace is leaving out now. Yes. She run, got big things to do. I'm glad you things. came. You got to come back. Candace is dope. Yeah. Tell people Thanks. where they can see you. This will air tomorrow. Oh, so. perfect. Um, if you're local to, if you live in LA, I'm like regularly at the comedy store. So I'm always there. You can look at my, uh, my dates and my tour dates and shows on CandaceThompsonComedy.com. And you can follow me on social media at Jokes by 
Candice.com, and that's C-A-N-D-I-C-E. All right, guys. Thanks. This has been fun. Candice. Very funny lady. Um, anyway, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to uh, talk about, we got one more story to cover. And then we're going to find out what's going on with everybody in the studio. We'll be right back with Truth Serum.
playlist so far Darren I think so he threw his thumb up in this uh, New York fashion this is the kind of shit that New Yorkers do and women love New York guys that's there's a thing I'm gonna give me a do from really yeah they're always talking about that and I'm like why you like to get treated bad so is this a theme on your show or just today with the 90s music it's just today. Oh, okay. We have a different playlist every week. Okay, cool. Last week it was 80s, and it was like super retro 80s, um, Depeche Mode, like that. Well, can I can I ask the both of you guys, how do you feel about 90s music? I like 90s music. I do too. Because you know, like, I love it. I do like too. Like every song that's been playing today, I've been like, Rocking out. Oh, I love it. Other than Michael Jackson, the 80s was kind of take it or leave it for me musically. Like Michael Jackson and Prince had their stuff. 70s, 60s, and 60s had some dope. That Yeah, I love Sam Cooke. Man, the 60s had some dope music. 70s, um, I was a baby, so I don't even really remember. Mm-hmm. And my parents didn't listen to secular music. But, you know, people always try to talk about different eras and they try to make fun of the 90s. But I thought the as far as like R&B. R&B flourished in the 90s. I thought it flourished in the 90s and had some good Mm R&B. Now it's a little bit more street, but I think that's when uh, rap and singing kind of converged on each other during that time. But I think the 90s did it best. Like those R&B songs that were remixed that had like like the Let's Get Married with Ron DMC and this song right here, the In My Bed remix. Like some of it with Jermaine Dupri, mm-hmm. like Mary J. Blige and Method Man, You're All I Need. Like yeah. it, was, it was a fusion of It was the fusion and, and sing. Because so here's, and think about it. Uh, like people before used to think in rap, if you sang in rap, that was soft. Yeah. Like man, I'm not, there's no soft. They're singing and everything. And then you had Snoop, la da 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 da. You know what I mean? They yeah. came with, with that with melodies and harmonies and rap music. So 
it evolved in the 90s. So I, I do like 90s. Music. I loved it. And I um I thought I remember Grand Pooba and Mary J. Blige did an album together. Like I'm a I love me some hip hop. Grand Pooba? Yes. What? <laughs> What's that song Grand Pooba and Mary J. Blige had? Brand Nubians. What? Yeah. Um and um yeah, I love that. I think that uh I love 90s music. I got to listen to uh, English music because I got a little older and I was able in the 80s. Like my family listened to salsa music every day, all day long. So all I heard was Spanish music <laughs> when I was growing up. So like even now, Emery will ask me, he's like, you never heard this song before? And I was like, no, nah, I was listening to Hector Lavoe. I didn't hear I didn't hear regular music, rap or anything unless I snuck and heard it in my room. But I was introduced to all music from my friends. Ah. Because yeah. we just didn't play secular music. Everything was Jesus related. Oh, yeah. That, for us, it was alabare in Spanish. But it was Jesus in Spanish. <laughs> See, I'm so, I'm so grateful to my dad for, like, my eclectic taste in music. Because growing up, like, he would wake up, my brother and I, playing, like, some mornings, like, Steely Dan. You know wow. what I mean? Like, that'd yeah, be, yeah, like, yeah. how we would, like, wake up. Or, or you know, then from that to, like, old school R&B to, like, Tupac. Like, my dad played Tupac and would talk to my brother and I about... Tupac social commentary like oh, while wow. we'd be driving That's or dope. like the Foo Fighters I mean like like just such this eclectic you know taste of music I always hear people saying things like that like friends like man this song this reminds me of my mom cleaning the house on a Saturday I'm yeah. like nah my stuff was Jesus be a fence all around me every day <laughs> you know just all these different gospel songs so I would go out to my friends like my friends had album collections and everything and they would just play music for me. That's how I got introduced to mm -hmm. comedy, through a friend. I went over to his house, and he played a Red Fox album, and I literally said, what's that? Yeah, that was how it was, too. And he said, was oh, Pine. that's stand-up comedy. And I said, what's stand-up comedy? And he's like, oh, then he explained it to me. And we're still, you've met him at my show. He's a huge fan of yours. You met him at Ruby Tuesdays, oh. my friend Demetrius. He's always there. He always sits in the booth. Big, oh, I know who dude. Demetrius is. I yeah. know he is now. Yeah, he loves you. And But he introduced me to stand-up comedy, and our friendship has come full circle. And I remember when he reached out to me, and he goes, hey, man, I'm so proud of you doing comedy. And I go, Demetrius, you're the one who introduced me to comedy. I would have never heard that in my house. And then later on, as I got older, my parents you know, got cable, and that's how I saw Eddie Murphy delirious. And then that's when I fell in love with comedy on a higher level. That you know, it's funny that I was introduced to it. My uncle was a DJ, and that's how I got to hear the secular music and music in English. For me, it was a double whammy. It mm. was Jesus in Spanish, yeah, and <laughs> it, and it was hard because you know people in my neighborhood would be like, "She a refugee. <laughs> she don't speak no English. <laughs> she got on the pro wings." <laughs> uh, let's not even start on oh, that. Oh <laughs> man, it was just it was a rough run for you, girl. But. Uh, my uncle was the one that introduced me to, to stand up as well. And it was a Richard Pryor album. My uncle Davey, he's, you see him on my Facebook and my Instagram. I love my uncle. And um, I heard him, he was doing the stand up when he was doing the stand up talking about the dog. And it, he was high and was talking about the dog. And I was like, I want to do that. And then, um, you know, my mom snatched me up and she was like, that's not for girls. Nobody want to marry no funny ass girl. Like my mom is real G. While walking around. She's no like, I ain't wasting my jeans yeah. on you <laughs> doing comedy. You'll get up there and model. But you know, it's funny. My mom is such a G. Like she was like, ain't nobody want to be with no goofy ass girl cracking jokes all the time. Like you already tall and lanky girl. You better stop. Like it was yeah. just. I will so say funny. this full transparency. I do love 
funny women, but I can't stand goofy women. Like, I, I don't mind if you make me laugh, but goofy negates sexy. Now, you can have moments of goofiness, but just a goofy chick, it's like, <laughs> if you don't get your goofy ass away from me. I mean, dude, that's, just, that's across the table. Don't nobody want to roll with no goofy ass dude either. No, but some chicks do like goofy, some look, do like goofy dudes, which is... Goofy dudes get right. I, I don't mind a little silliness, like, yeah. you know, yeah. a guy, silly, funny, like, yeah. like Dan, you know, yeah. like, you know, yeah, swag. Yeah. Swag. Swaggy. I like swaggy. Yeah. There's but, nothing... But, goof, but yeah, yeah. No. Go feel good. That's when. Give me your lunch money. Yeah, Yours know, too. Man. It's just the if, I'm, if a chick is goofy, like yeah, yeah and then just, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. I just thought about one particular person, and I thought about it, and then you did the he did the erection drop uh, yeah. gesture. Yeah, just when he thought about a goofy. You could be chick. hard. You too goofy. I'm like man. But that's how Latin. A lot of Latin people perceive comedians, like that, because com- comedy in Spanish is so slapsticky and so, ah, you know. Good point. So yeah, they yeah, look yeah, at yeah. women and they're like, "You're not gonna do that. You're not gonna be falling mm, and tripping." You yeah. Know? And my mom has this thing about bruising your legs. Like, you're not supposed to have no scars on your legs. Like, <laughs> and people always, like, if you, my son told me the other day that they Googled me. And he's like, it was like, got Ida Rodriguez height and legs was like the second thing that people Googled. They always comment about my legs. And it's so fun. It's subconscious because my mom would always tell me, don't be walking around no crusty ass legs. Take the hair off your legs. And it's so funny how that stuff just manifests. But nobody likes goofy, so you're not alone, Ruben. Women don't like goofy dudes either. Okay. So this young Iranian woman got arrested for posting a video of herself dancing on Instagram. And so now in protest, a lot of Iranian young Iranians are posting um, pictures that... Uh, videos of them dancing but um i th- i think that's global and it's not in iran where there is no penalty for that but i um it's just interesting how far we've come along and yet how far we have to go where a woman posting a video of herself having a good time just dancing and listening to music goes to jail wow wow i think that you know and where was this in iran in iran there's wow. so uh, it's it gives us, I think, appreciation for the liberties that we have in this country. Despite the problems. Despite the problems, yes, thank you. And, um, you know, because there's just different, there's cultural parameters, you yes. know, in those places. When I was in graduate school, I was in, it was very, um, there was probably like a cohort within my program, my master's program of women from Saudi Arabia. Oh, educated motherfuckers. <laughs> and, and it was so interesting because, Drop it on them. because they, um, you know, would come to class, you know, um, with their with their heads covered and, and their faces partially covered. And we had to do a group project. And I got uh, paired up with one of them. And we had to, we couldn't we could only meet in certain places um, because of her husband and because of, you know, religion, because of her cultural background. And even in class, when they would they wouldn't raise their hand. Uh-huh. And our professor was would ask, and she said, oh, because, you know, we have to, it was just, it was a different vibe. Back in our country, like, this is just a different, right. whole different thing that we're in right now, being in class like this. And it was so interesting, just observing just culturally and belief constructs, right? Who's right, who's wrong? I mean, right. just the different cultural belief constructs and the things that are in place. It's just the, the sexism abroad and in foreign countries. Um, they're just not as evolved when it comes to women's right in their place in, in society. They just look at them in one way and keep them in that box. And it's sad. And 
um, I think I can't remember the show, but I saw a documentary on HBO where that one Muslim chick she had she has been outspoken and wrote books about the treatment of women all over the globe. She's been on uh, Bill Maher. So I can't remember her name, but the bravery of that woman to know that people want her dead, and she wears the Muslim garb and everything, but she's been vocally outspoken. Oh yeah, against, I know what you're talking. You know who I'm talking about? I just I find her fascinating. That's somebody who should be celebrated because she literally is putting her life on the line. Like she yeah. still goes back to those uh, countries where women are being persecuted and she speaks up, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting because uh, women's issue is a global issue yes. and yes, we have perspective, but here uh, in 2018, we are back at the crossroad where we are fighting for basic human reproductive rights yet again, um, which I think is ironic that as evolved as we think we are with this administration, we are now back at a place where Roe versus Wade is in jeopardy. Mm. And that is just, it's just crazy that, you know, um, we go forward and then we take 10 steps backwards. But um, I don't want to stay there. There are a lot of things that uh, we've been trying to cover. But one of the things I want to talk about is what what is going on with you guys um, and what's going on with you this week, Ruben? Because I know you got uh, Ruby Tuesday. Yes. Um, tomorrow. Or I, which I, will be today. Yeah. Um, I don't have my schedule for the rest of the week, but uh, I'm excited about the show tonight. Yeah. Um, with you and um, Roy Wood Jr. Roy Woods Jr., Mo Mandel, and uh, T-Rex. And uh, it's going to be a fire lineup. And then um, I'll be performing in town for the next few weeks before I leave for the Festival of Montreal. So just look me up on um, my IG, I am Ruben Paul, or, t- or my website, rubenpaul.com, or on Facebook. I'm, I'm easy to find. Melvin. Uh, last week I was talking about the album that I that I recorded and I'm um you know in post production on that. Congratulations! Thank you. Congratulations, so I'm super excited man. about that. Yeah. And what kind of know, album? It's a music singing album. I sing, so oh, it's music. Right. Yeah. So oh. I mean, it's been really cool to get the the tracks back and to have that moment of like, oh man, like that's me. You know, is this your first? Is this your first album? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Congrats, I've been a singer man. for years, but I've never actually recorded music Good. in studio. So it's good been for awesome. you, man. So Congratulations. That's, that's, yeah, that's a so big. That process is super cool. Yeah. It's super cool. So here's an album coming out and uh, we were talking about the title of the album. It's going to be an ongoing thing until the album is released. Yes. What's the title? What's the working title? So what's, what are some well, of the ideas? Well, we had untitled. We had. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry to cut you off. But before, what style of music are you singing? So if I throw out some names. I, so it's it was acoustic. It was an acoustic. Um, it's an acoustic set and it's all but it's Broadway. It's R&B. It's pop. It's oh, so, OK. Yeah, all right. So it's it's a real it's a mix. OK, it's a mix. OK, now go ahead. The show, the one man show when I performed it, it was called Heart, the plus sign, Soul. OK. Heart and Soul. Yes. Um, and I told him he cannot name his album. <laughs> After a black fitness magazine, <laughs> so that one's out. Okay, we're not doing hard and I just get with this stuff. So yeah, go, yeah. Ahead. go ahead. So then we, so then we last week because of D'Angelo was like, "What about Untitled?" Right? Um, that came up. So I don't know. I got to figure it out. I don't know what the, the calling the album Untitled. Yeah. Oh, I'm not feeling that. But go ahead. About, I don't know. Maybe it's just because the reason why I don't feel Untitled is because you said you've been singing for a long time. Yeah, this is your first album own that Me- meaning this is your introduction to the world yeah call it uno i'm not mad at that 
Let it be your thing. Every other album. Uno. Dos. Dos. Tres. Tres. You know, I mean? like Adele. 25. Yeah, yeah. but I, I just, for me as 21. a new, because I'm going to be recording my first special. Mm. And Congratu when? Congratulations, yeah. Thank you. We, we haven't set a date, date yet. Um, but even in with the time that I've put into the business, you know, you only have the first time to make your first album. Mm. And it should be treated as such. And it's a special moment. You, This is the first time you've ever recorded an album. So put that type of thought into it and and you put out into the universe what you want people to feel and say about your work mm -hmm. and let the title reflect that. I agree. And also that, that there's a combination of different types of genres of music that you're covering, but it's all you yeah. and it's acoustic. So there should be something that encompasses like all of that. And yeah. it was, and the, the anecdote about this show, it was the first time I'd ever done a solo show where every song in the show was a song that I actually wanted to sing. Oh wow! Because in the past, this was my fourth one, and I would, you know, you know, go to the music director, bring the list of songs, and they would always go, "Hey, you don't do that. Everybody does that. Oh, that song's so overdone." And I would kind of go, "Yeah, you know, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right." Mm -hmm. And then you know they'd chip away, and so by the time the show would happen, I'd say maybe like sixty-five percent of it would be mine, and the rest of it wouldn't. And so there was like a little thing where I didn't all the way feel like it was my show. Whereas this time, I got a new music director. He was phenomenal, and I brought him the songs, and he was like, "Yeah, man, we're gonna find you. We're gonna do what you want. It's your show." How's anybody going to tell you what you can't sing in your show? Right. Yeah, uh, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What, up until this point, what has kept you from recording your own album? Um, that's a good question. I, encouragement. I mean, it was something that I always wanted to do, always. Mm -hmm. But I think this time, in this last show in, in April, I felt like it was just totally mine, everything about it. And it really inspired me to mm. say, okay, this is the sound. This is who I am. It, it was so congruent with all parts of me. Oh, okay. And before the sh before I actually went on, my music director was like, I know this is not the best time, but me and some of the mu musicians from the band, we were talking and we, I think you should do this. Mm. Would yeah. you do it? And I was like, yeah. So. so we are going to go forward with an album name. If you guys have any suggestions, 310-986-6610. I'm live with Ruben Paul and Melvin Robert. Um, this just in... Donald Trump has elected Robert Kavanaugh to replace um, Supreme Court Justice Kennedy. Um, I'm sorry, Brett Kavanaugh sounds so uninformed. He nominates Brett Kavanaugh to be the next Supreme Court Justice. And he rejects the request to alter agreement on the release of immigrant children. So as we um, are here talking about the latest issues uh, Donald Trump continues to show his ass in in, uh, in the White House, and uh, we can only pray for some sort of um, solution in our near future so that we can save our democracy. So President Trump on Monday nominated Brett Kavanaugh as federal appeals court judge in Washington to succeed Anthony Kennedy on the Supreme Court. Uh, he made an announcement shortly. I don't know if he made an announcement or he made a tweet because we know. But he said, what matters is not a judge's personal views, but whether they can set aside those views to do what the law and the Constitution require. I agree, but I doubt that that is the case. I am pleased to say that I have found without doubt such a person. So there it is. Go ahead, Ruben. Tell them what you think because, you know, I, I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm about to light a torch and go start setting bitches yeah, on fire. But, but what he... <laughs> What he's saying is true in theory about putting your personal beliefs and everything aside, but yeah. a, a, 
another aspect of being a, a judge is to infuse your opinions and your humanity in a situation. Yep. You know, um, one thing that really bothered me, and I'm sure everybody's familiar with this story, about the kid who uh, had raped that girl at Stanford University. Oh, yeah. And when it, when it came time for sentencing, the judge gave him probation. And why? Because you remind me of myself yep. when I was that age. And that just shows you the disparity of what's happening in the judicial system where this white man can have compassion for another white male because he looks at him as he's seeing himself. And unfortunately, a lot of times we don't have that reflected on the bench where a black man is out looking at a kid and going, man, you remind me of me at that age. I'm going to give you a lighter sentence. Thank God there was outrage and that judge was subsequently uh, removed and fired. Um, but again, when you are on the bench and you are uh, handing out justice, you really want somebody who, you know, yep. has some compassion for no matter what some you empathy, want. empathy, yeah, yeah. no matter what. So it's, it's more than just by the letter of the law. It's what's the spirit of the law, you know, because my mom used to say one thing that I would never forget. Just because something is legal doesn't make it right. That's right. And sometimes doing the right thing requires you to break the law. And it don't mean so. Yeah. It's all, yeah. you know. And I know we sound like we we sound like old people talking in parables. <laughs> like, and sometimes when you make that left, you're supposed to make a right. Yeah. Right ain't always right. <laughs> and sometimes you got to go left. That's what my grandpa used to say. <laughs> it's hard, but it's fair. Oh, that's my. That's me. I still <laughs> oh, say that. Oh, it's hard, but it's fair. It's what? Really? It's I'm, hard, but it's fair. It's hard, but it's my fair. My grandpa used to wake up, my brother and I, if he'd come take us to school, and he'd be, pay, we'd be in our bunk beds, he'd be pacing in the room with his hands behind his back. Mm. It's hard, but it's fair. It's hard, but it's fair. Over wow. and over. That's how to wake us up. You wow. gotta get up. It's hard. Come what on. A, what a great grandfather oh you had. That's, that wasn't the, the message to get me up. The best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the best. Big Lou. Um, I want to I, I wanna um, just shout out quickly that Boots Riley film, um, do, Please Do Not Disturb, is that what it's called? Sorry, Do Not Disturb. Um, did really well at the box office this weekend. And um, they're even talking about Oscar nominations. So yeah. I'm really excited about that for uh, a movie, People of Color. And it is, let's see, Sorry to Bother You. I'm sorry. Had a huge debut and limited release this weekend, grossing almost a million in 16 theaters. Full indie box office report here. They're getting really good reviews. And they are, Sean King is shouting them out. So I wanted to give a quick shout out for that in our good news of uh, this segment. Also, I want to remind you, if you are in Los Angeles, please come out to Ruby Tuesdays tonight. I will be performing yes, yes, along yes. with um, Mo Mandel and Roy Wood Jr. Who else is on the show? And T-Rex. T-Rex. Yeah. And uh, Ruben's shows are always great. We always have a good turnout, amazing audiences that are open and receptive to great comedy. Yeah. And we always have a party. It's really, really a great show. So make sure that if you are in the Los Angeles area, come on, come on out. Also, I will be in New York this weekend at the Cellar and the Village Underground on Friday and Saturday. So please go to funnyida.com. Uh, dates will be updated tonight. And um, you will be able to see where you can see me for the rest of the year. So please make sure that you come out and support us. Live comedy is how we eat. And live comedy is one of the best art forms on the planet. Yes. 
Yes. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to close out the show. I'm gonna, I'll say it for you. And um, we want you to call us. So 310-986-6610. I'm here with Ruben Paul and Melvin Roberts. And Heart and Soul is out the window. So if you have any title <laughs> suggestions. <laughs> Bring it. Show, yeah. I'm not mad at Uno, though. I'm I really like not. Uno. I'm not. I'm not mad at Uno. What you like? You like Uno? Darren, he likes. He doesn't like shit. He's from New York. They don't say Uno in New York. They say one, son. All right, we'll be right back. Oh, 
crush a lot. Cause I crush a lot. You know what? This follow back button on Instagram makes me feel guilty. I like stare at it for a long time. Oh, no. Sometimes when people follow me, and I'm like, it makes me feel guilty. It's bad. I don't like going to people's pages because then I, when I realize that they're following me, I'm like, damn, how I find follow this goofy bitch back there we go with goofy again and i don't i get i have enough i really want to as a woman she don't like nothing goofy no no and where's the mute button i need a mute button on if i can have i would be following go ahead Darren. What we i was say? just gonna say are these fans or, or other people in the industry both both you know i i'd rather follow a fan than to follow some of these goofy ass people i've always wanted to know like I've always wanted to know um, when you get to a certain level where you guys are at, where like you feel the need, you're at a certain place and you feel the need to be friends or, you know, follow certain people because, you know, it, it just, you're, you're in the same arena together. and Yeah, it just for, for me, it's a support thing if it's somebody. And sometimes you just forget, like sometimes yeah. I go, oh, this person is following me. And then another aspect is sometimes you follow too many people and I can't see the people I want. To really see, yeah. to run to really see, right. but you know, yeah. I I try. I don't follow a lot of celebrities. Like I I, I like I know I have friends who follow everybody, and then it's funny because I'll go creep on people's pages uh -huh. and I'll see Ruben like Jennifer Lopez's picture with her bending over. I don't or, follow Jennifer. Lopez, I know, but so with whoever. Lying. But what I'm saying is that's my example, not you. Is her IG Jennifer Lopez? J Lo. J Lo. Right. But I uh, I unfollowed her yesterday because. I felt like it's sick. Like I cannot watch you post pictures of your altered face constantly. And I love my Puerto Rican people, but it's just like, it makes me feel like something's wrong with me. You know, like when I look at my normal face and I'm, I don't have Botox, I don't have shots, I don't have all that other stuff. And I start looking like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to, I'm not, I'm looking abnormal compared to the people, you know, who are older than me and they don't have any lines and it just starts messing with my head. And I'm like, I cannot, yeah. it's just, I can't, I can't watch you post 76 million selfies of yourself. And I True. think sometimes with celebrities, that's all they got to post because if they, you know, and I've learned with my own, when I post pictures of me with other people, I get no likes. I post a picture of myself with a tight dress on and I write a motivational quote mm -hmm. and they, I get a thousand likes. Right. And I just like, I don't want to participate in that because I think it's fucking with my own head. Like, mm -hmm. no diss to J-Lo. She's the queen and I love her. She's a Porter Rock. That's my girl. But I can't watch you post pictures of your face all day long like that. That shit is driving me crazy. I'm starting to think something wrong with me because I'm like normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It's it's just you know, and I I follow people who I think are really interesting. I love Angela Rye. That's mm, who you like. Oof, me too. I, I follow her. I think that there's a mix of beauty and commentary. She's just smart. You She's know? really she speaks smart. her mind on yes. issues, and I don't see her doing a lot of beauty stuff. But at me, but, but when she does, I, I appreciate yeah. it because I feel like there's something behind the wrapping. Yes, like when you absolutely. unwrap the gift. There's something of substance in there, but I can't. I can't. I follow Rihanna. That's the biggest person that I follow because oh, I don't even follow her. I'm gonna tell you, I love Rihanna. Rihanna posted will post her stuff about her business because she's promoting it, and I'm a big supporter of her because she's a businesswoman and she's made such a big business of herself and really has just. just she just today she uh, she tied Beyonce 
with the most streams on on Spotify, I think. Mm. They're both at three billion. Ooh. And just to think a little Bayesian girl that came from sure. the hood just did that. But but she also posts, she posted Junior, you know, when Junior, the boy who got murdered in in the Bronx, she posts things about other, uh, it's not just, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, I'm pretty, I'm young, right, I'm right. fine, I'm pretty. It's like, come on, bitch, stop. <laughs> oh, with that goofy shit. I, I do feel, I'm I'm the same way, and I feel both ways about it, like, because as a man, like, I... I like the pictures with the, you right. know, the girl. but then also I'm also like I am feeding into this shit like I don't yeah. like and, and some of the girls I follow I'm just like yeah you're hot but like well like yeah, I'm just, I know where you are there, there's there's too many of you well it's it's <laughs> yeah. like when you I'm follow sick of y'all <laughs> like but you know when it comes you know it these depends is, on what, what my mood is yeah with these Instagram models when you follow like I, you know I, I like women with nice asses so when you're looking at it and then you follow so many of them, you're like, you get them starting confused. Right. They all run together. They're all <laughs> right. the same page. Mm -hmm. Like this chick is doing the same poses, that little knee up with your toe, toe pointed to the ground, that little weird pose <laughs> that all these women are doing that just shows their, um, I guess it makes them look more <laughs> slimmer or whatever. Where yeah. they, You know what I'm talking about that. It highlights the quads. That, He's that actually doing the pose in here. Wait. Is this the crossover, the leg crossover? Yeah, it's the, it, it, oh, the, the sorority girl. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I wish people could see, could see this right now. But uh, I'm not <laughs> even mad at Instagram models because that's their business. That's what they do. They yeah, are consider sure. themselves... Instagram models and they make money by doing that and I'm not going to hate on you for that. If I don't want to watch it, I won't follow it. But when you are a voice, a celebrity, you're talking about Puerto Rico, but when you're talking about Puerto Rico and you you're doing it in the leggings trying to show off your ass, it just it's distracting. It's mixed messaging <laughs> and it's like we get it. You're fine, you're beautiful. You're never going to convince anybody you know, if you're 45, 47, 50, it doesn't matter. It's you are beautiful and you need to accept that you are beautiful and it's okay. You and you don't have to you don't have to pander to people who are going to call you old anyway. You know, the ageism is real, but it just becomes ridiculous to see somebody cuz young people are looking up to you and they want to hear something of substance come from you and you're like, "Nah, it's, the world is really some bullshit. It's all about this ass girl." You know what I mean? It's just like after a while, I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to see that shit all time this is the pose i'm talking about uh <laughs> he pulled up a picture and it, it is the the when you do point the toe the front leg because it makes your butt pop in the back uh, okay that's what another friend of mine told me another female friend told me and it that that pose annoys the hell out also of the fabric of that dress mm. um anyway so melvin tell them again where they can find you on social media social media instagram um underscore melvin robert ruben where can they find you uh my website uh rubenpaul.com or ig i am ruben paul and ruben is spelled r-u-b-e-n-p-a-u-l and you can catch me tonight with my girl ida rodriguez at ruby tuesdays at the hollywood laugh factory 9 30 pull up it's a great great show you're gonna have great a comedy. good time you're gonna have a good time uh, and a quickly, Ma, I'll say it for you is the question of the day was, what would you say to yourself if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self? My question to you is, what would you say to yourself today? 
Yesterday is in the rearview mirror and there's so much ahead of you. Look at yourself in the mirror today and tell yourself everything that you would have told that little kid and make it come true for you today. The universe agrees with a made up mind and there is so much ahead of you if you just look forward. Stop looking back. That keeps you from moving. Ida Rodriguez, I'll say it for you. You can find me on Funny Ida, A-I-D-A on Instagram, Twitter and on Facebook. I'm Facebook.com, Aida, A-I-D-A dot Rodriguez. Please come back next week. Um, well, we will be gone next week, but the week after we will be back. And um, it's such a good time. Ruben Paul, Melvin. And Candace Thompson. Candace was here. She's gone. She had yes. to go. Light-skinned people leave early. <laughs> and uh, Darren is in the house. Thank you hey. so much for tuning in. And we are out. <laughs>